So what I'm going to do is just give you a little talk um, about a topic that the Lord laid on my heart. And, uh, and then we're gonna, I'm going to do a little question and answer session at the end. So if you have some burning questions that you want to ask me, if I can answer them, I will. And um, so when Debbie asked me to talk, I was like, what am I going to talk about? I can talk about women's hormones, and I can talk about women's health, and I can talk about female cancers, and I can talk about menopause, and, you know, I can talk about all these things, and um, which I, you know, already know a great deal about and use every day. But, oh, no, the Lord had another plan, as usual. And he said, um, I want you to talk about um, something different. Uh, and... And he said, why don't you talk about women and, um, well, why don't you talk about medicine and faith? Um, and part of that's women, but, but mostly um, how medicine and faith are intertwined. And I'm like, I know nothing about that. Uh, what, what am I going to talk to them about? So that required me actually, you know, digging into the word and um, kind of looking in, into this. And what I found was actually quite enlightening. Um, that I didn't realize this, but um, the way we, our faith is very um, entwined in, in medicine. And what I mean by that is I can see a lot of analogies between how Jesus relates to us and how doctors relate to patients, healing, how we heal spiritually and physically. And um, I'm going to kind of go into some of these points with you guys, but what I learned was there's a lot of parallels in the Bible um, about what I do every day and um, how if you kind of transposition that into the spiritual realm, um, that's also the way God heals and takes care of us. So what I decided to do is I'll just start off with, um, I'm going to start off with some, some words that are related to medicine and faith and healing and, and some scripture that is uh, tied to that. So the first one I looked up was medicine. I just looked up the word medicine. And uh, the first verse that was listed was Proverbs 17.22. And my eyes are getting older, so I need to lift this up here. Mom said this would happen to me. It did. Okay, so the very first verse I looked at when I was studying this was, A merry heart does good, like medicine. So a merry heart does good, like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Dried bones? What are they? Ta- what is God talking about here? And what I believe He's talking about is the inner life affects your physical well-being. Okay, this is like one of the strongest things that I can say to you about my job. How the health of people physically has so much to do with their health mentally, okay? I have some of the sickest people in the world who come into my clinic, but if you ask them, they are healthy. They are well. They are whole. They are happy. They don't feel bad. And I know, I'm looking at them like, I know that arthritis hurts. I know that hurts. I know that back you have hurts. But they don't complain about it. They're mentally well. They're mentally healthy. And so their attitude portrays in their overall health. And I think even God was speaking to us about this. Now, on the other hand, I have people who come into my clinic, and, you know, if you gave them a pot of gold, they wouldn't be happy, okay? They, they have nothing detectable wrong with them. 
but yet they're never happy, they're always tired, they never feel good, they always think they're sick, and there's no joy, peace in their life, okay? Now, a doctor can only give so much of this, as you well know. So that's a tough situation for a doctor to be in because the kind of um, peace and healing that that person needs doesn't come from a pill bottle or physical therapy or a surgery, okay? So this is what I think, you know, the Lord was speaking about this. He says, attitude um, affects countenance. A broken, depressed spirit may be attributed to many things like family strife, gossip, quarrels, a foolish child. Um, How can you have a merry heart in the midst of grief and brokenness? The Apostle Paul admonished us to trust God even within the tragedy and choose to dwell dwell what is good on what what dwell on what is good in the person or situation. So what I think that this verse means is that we can't always control the state of our health. Sometimes we're going to be sick and sometimes we're going to have arthritis and sometimes we're going to develop some unfortunate diseases or we're going to have to have a surgery. But how we handle that, it reflects on how we're going to feel. A good attitude goes a long way. So I, and so the very first verse I looked at was, a, I think, a huge principle of medicine, which is, you know, you're only as young as you want to be in the sense that you have to approach yourself with the best spirit possible. I think one of the worst things that doctors do sometimes is they take away patients' hope. Um Hope is really important, and I'm not saying that there's not a time to be truthful with patients about the severity of their condition, but I think sometimes as doctors, we get so wrapped up in how bad things look when, you know, we get tests back, and we get lab work back, and we get x-rays back, and, oh, it doesn't look good. Oh, that doesn't look good. You know, I think we have to approach that patient and say, look, there are some problems here. I don't know what these problems mean yet. And I don't know how this is going to affect you, but um, but I think we have to look, we have to hope for the best, and we got to get some more things, testing done, biopsies, whatever we need to do, and find out more about this so we can attack it and get better. Okay, and I think also that that's how sometimes the Lord approaches us. Okay, because we have stuff that's happening in our lives. Okay, we have broken families, and we have lost jobs, and we have financial problems, and we had deaths, and and um, we have shootings and, and, and terrible things that are happening in the world. And I think, you know, we, what do we do? So we go to our doctor, God, and we say, what is wrong with the world? What is wrong with my life? What is wrong with me? And sometimes he's looking at stuff and he's saying, Ooh, it looks bad. It looks bad down there. You're right. You know, I think he sees the evil that we're in. But what he says is, hey. I have, a, I have a good remedy for that. I have hope for you. And so I think, you know, that's how he can, he, we, just like we approach our lives and our sicknesses and our illness, I think a lot of times that's how the Lord approaches us too. The, the second thing um, that I, very next thing I looked up was I looked under healing because healing is a big thing, okay? Doctors love healing and so do patients, Okay. So um, I looked up the next verse is 1 Corinthians 12, 9. All right, 12, 9. 
So it says to another faith by the same spirit and to other gifts of healing by the same spirit to another. And so the, let me just kind of put this in context. So he's that this is um, Paul's talking about the spiritual gifts here. And there's this long, you know, paragraph about the spiritual gifts. It kind of starts with, um, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each other for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to the to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So I think in this um, particular verse, he's talking about the spiritual gifts. And he's just saying that we all have different gifts. And some people have the gift of healing. And um, we know that uh, Jesus was not the only one who healed in the Bible. He um, gave that gift to the apostles and they did a lot of healing um, after his, their, his work on earth was done. And so I think it's important for us to realize that, um, and I look at healing in different ways, but you actually, just because you're not a doctor or a nurse doesn't not mean that you don't have the gift of healing, because healing may be that you, you're really good at helping someone heal like spiritually. Or maybe you're really good at helping someone heal mentally or emotionally about something. So um, I, I just want to point out that, um, again, this is God's pointing to the uh, medicine and healing as a, a spiritual gift. And, um, again, pointing to us to take responsibility to use that. Um, the next verse is Psalms 103.3. Okay. And um, it says, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. And the first part of this is, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then it says, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with a loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. So I think this is important in two different ways. And what, one of the things that I gathered from this is the psalmist is talking about healing, healing from the whole being, okay? I don't think really here that he's talking about physical healing that much. I mean, he makes reference to it so that we would understand it because, you know, sometimes we're pretty simple human beings. And, and so they, the Lord speaks to us in uh, different ways that we can understand. But I think he's talking about a complete healing. Um, he wants us to offer joyful praise unto the Lord, and he and, and if you read this, the the first the first line right before "Who heals all your diseases" is "Who forgives all your iniquities." Now, this God spoke to me through this because um, what it made me think is there is no healing without acceptance. Okay. So 
what does it take if you have a disease or a problem or a sickness, if you want to get well? Well, the first thing you have to do is accept. You have to evaluate yourself and say, I'm sick. I have a problem. I need help. Okay? So you have to, you have to inwardly look at yourself, and you have to identify that there is a sickness or a problem. Okay? That's the first step. Then the second step is you have to then say, can I fix this problem on my own? No, I've been sick for three weeks with a cough. And I tried 300 bottles of NyQuil and 15 bottles of Tylenol sinus cold and flu, and I'm no worse, and now I'm running fever. I need help, right? So the second step is to admit you can't do it on your own and you need help. So the, and then the third step is to seek that help. That means go to the place where there is redemption from that illness, okay, where there's help, where someone can reach you. And then you have to say to yourself, at that, when you're saying to that, when you say, I need help, you're basically saying, I'm not strong enough. I can't do this on my own, okay? Then you go to the, to the doctor and you receive healing, hopefully, in the form of, uh, of medicine, okay? But in order to get that medicine, can you just walk into the doctor and sit down and wait? And the doctor stand there and they say, well, how are you today? What's going on with you? What happens if you say nothing? And the doctor says, well, do you have a cough? Are you sick? And you say nothing. No, what do you have to do? You have to confess while you're there, essentially, right? And tell them what your symptoms are and put, bear your burdens, right? You have to say, here, these are my burdens, okay? Only then can you get healing. Okay, so when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, that's exactly how we are with our Heavenly Father, right? We have to first recognize that we're sick. And then secondly... We have to what? We have to say, okay, I've been taking NyQuil for two weeks and I'm not well. I, I can't do this on my own. Not only am I sick, but I can't fix myself. And then third, we have to go to the Father and we have to confess our sins and say, I'm sick and I need help and reach out to him. And guess what? That's the, when the healing begins. So that's just like it is in medicine. So that's what that verse spoke to me. And um, and I have some little footnotes in my women's Bible, and it just, in this particular Bible, they talk about God, and he says, he redeems destruction. He redeems the word of Boaz, Rola, the kingsman redeemer of Ruth, and if you know the story of Ruth and Naomi. God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves, for his loving kindness is, is, is to satisfy us with his, our relationship with the Lord. There's nothing else that we can get. There is just nothing else like the Lord's love for us. No one else can satisfy our sickness. Okay? So the next one is Psalms 6, verse 2. And it reads, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. Okay. So, again, this is... This, I think, again, when I looked at this, this reminded me a lot about 
the way that we have to approach the Lord with our sicknesses. And, and, and so when we have suffering in our lives, if we have um, cancer, if we have um, debilitating pain diseases, if we have heart failure, um, if we have diseases or, or physical ailments that we struggle with in our life, don't we long, don't we yearn for, for just some comfort from that? Don't we get tired of battling those, those things? Well, you know what? This is God's specialty. He says, bring me the toughest stuff. Bring me your suffering. Bring me your ailments. Those who are weary, those who are weak, those, those are the ones I came to save. And, and I have another verse, actually, that speaks to this. So I'm going to kind of jump to it. Let's see, where is it? Where did I write my notes here? Oh, Matthew 9, 12, which says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those are sick are the ones he came for. Okay, so we need to remember that those undesirable people who are coughing on you in the waiting room, that they wouldn't be there if they didn't need healing. And we're that same way. You know, those people that you come across that maybe don't smell the best, maybe they have a terrible mouth and they don't talk very well, um, you don't, you're offended by their language. Um, maybe they didn't, they weren't raised um, with a good mom and dad and they have no sense of values or purpose in their lives. Um, you know, we run across these people who are hurting in our lives, you know. Um, that may be the guy that um, flipped you off as you were driving past him on the highway and you're not even sure why, but maybe because you were driving fast enough. Um, you know, maybe, you know, uh, maybe it's that lady um, that lives down the street who's um, judgmental and mean to you every time you try to approach her or talk to her. I mean, these people come in a lot of different forms, don't they? And um, I think what God is saying is, you know what? If you don't reach out to those people, you're missing the point. I came to save the sick. I came to heal those. If you're well, if you're happy, you're sitting in church, you've already got Jesus in your heart, you don't, we don't need to reach out to those people. Now, those people need to be discipled, and we need to be around those people because they encourage us and they help us in our daily walks. But, but those aren't the people who need the healing, like those who don't know God. Okay? Okay, and in James 5.16, where we're going next. James 5.16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay, so this, I think, is another really important um, point that God is trying to make about healing because it's one thing for a person to be sick and and to go to the doctor but generally speaking as a doctor I will tell you that why a person comes into the doctor is often not because they want to but because their husband said if you don't get that cough checked out we're going to get a divorce you know or 
their husband or their and mostly it's men who won't come to the doctor and their women are dragging their wives are dragging a man um, or their daughters are taking care of their elderly moms or dads or whatever but many many times people do not come to the doctor alone no well who do they come with they come with loved ones people who care about them and why is that because we need support so what I think this verse is saying is when it talks about praying for healing is that we need to remember that we we, we will possibly, these people are not possibly going to come and recognize by themselves that there's some sickness. And, and we may have to gingerly, in love, show them the way. Okay? Now, that's not easy. Okay? And I don't like it whenever I'm in that position in the doctor's office, you know, and I come in the room and I walk in and um, there's, you know, Aunt Sally that I've been taking care of for 10 years who I just adore and she's the sweetest thing. Okay? But she didn't come very often. But I know we're in trouble when her three daughters are there with her. Okay, so I walk in immediately. There's my radar. Because Aunt Sally usually comes by herself, right? Okay. And now there's three daughters. And I know right off the bat, I know there's a problem. Okay. So I come on in and I sit down. And I say, hi, and who are you? And they're like, I'm her daughter. Do you know what's happened? Well. No, why don't you tell me? Well, and then the next one chimes in, her sister. Um, Mom got up in the middle of the night, fell, and then she didn't have her life alert around her neck. And so she laid on the floor under the bed because she was scrambling to try to get to the phone for 14 hours. And then I got worried because I was calling and calling and calling and no one was answering. So I went over the next day and she was there on the ground and she had peed on herself and you know we had to take her to the hospital and I mean they are upset right okay and you know what Miss Sally is sitting there and she's just like oh my god they're blowing us so out of proportion I am fine and then they're like then she wouldn't even go to the hospital she said she was just going to wait and see you and look at her she can't even walk without that walker and all this stuff you know okay so that's a lot like the Christian life too, because um, most of us have people who are concerned about us. Now, hopefully, they're not going to be praying to the father, their physician, like those daughters are praying to me about their mom, so to speak. Hopefully, they'll. But but if you are not in a position where you can go to your friend or loved one who's lost and talk to them about it, because they're just really in your face every time you try to approach them about God, they're just like. Get out of my face. I don't want to hear about God. My life's in shambles, and it's his fault. And don't talk to me about the love of Jesus. Okay? So there's going to be those family members or friends that that are going to really give you the stiff arm about things that are religious. So what does the Bible say about that? Pray for them. Pray to the Father. So you get down on your knees, and you say, God, my brother... My uncle, my friend, my, my, my child, whoever it is, they are lost and they are hurting. And there's some, been some nasty, nasty things in their heart. And some really bad things have happened to them that are not necessarily always their fault. They've been a victim of this world. And God, I need you to speak in their heart and soften it. And guess what? That's all you can do in those cases. That's all you can do. You cannot drag them to the physician like that daughter dragged that mother. You cannot. 
Because even if you bring them in, they're going to sit there just like Miss Sally did. There's nothing wrong with me, right? And so they have to have that. They have to have a willing heart because remember that was step one. Recognize you have a problem. Okay. So again, that just relates back. So that's the other way that we can help others get healing is we can we can pray for them. Because there's a lot of times we can't do anything else because we certainly cannot drag them to the cross. Okay. Now this um, next verse is from Luke 8, 40, um, 8 verse, chapter 8 verse 43 and this uh, when I saw this one and I started reading it I was like oh I know this story because this is there's a little part of this in the promise so if you if you come to the promise then you'll see this in real life you'll see it acted out now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any of them came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Okay, so we don't know exactly what was wrong with this lady, but it sounded like she had a bleeding disorder, okay? Like she couldn't clot her own blood, Okay. So like the opposite of people who have blood clots in their legs, like clot too much, she was like a free bleeder, like a person who was on too much Coumadin all her life, okay? And she had seen all these doctors, and she had gone and spent all of her money. So she worked and worked and worked and spent all of her money on doctors. So in the verse talks about this. So we know this much about her, okay? And so you have to think about this lady. So here she is. She's suffering. She's got this bleeding thing going on. She's had it for 12 years. She's been miserable. She's spent all her money. She's gone to doctors. Don't you know she is one hacked off lady? Because she's gone to all these doctors, and they've probably done all kinds of crazy things because this is in Bible times, okay? So they probably, like, rubbed mud in her eyes, and, you know, they told her to go eat 15 eyeballs from a goat and, you know, and, walk backwards into the Red Sea and say, yippee, 14 times and she'd be healed. You know, because doctor, I mean, you know, just saying. So, you know, she had been probably doing all kinds of crazy things to try to heal herself. And you know what? Don't you think she was probably pretty um, burnt out? Don't you think she felt like doctors are pretty stupid and they don't know what they're doing anymore? So what kind of faith did it take for this lady to reach over and touch the hem of the great physician. You know, like, it was either one of two things. She had great faith because she had seen him in action or desperation. So, And that's the way people come to know the Lord, too. They either see miracles happening. They see his miracles. You know, they, they, they nearly lost their grandmother, and they all prayed, and she battled cancer and came back and lived another 15 years, and they witnessed that miracle, and so now they believe. Or, you know, there's miracles happen. I get to see a lot of miracles in my business, okay? And, and when you see those miracles happen in people's lives, it makes an impression on you. So I think that's one way people come to know Christ who – who have never really heard or didn't grow up in that atmosphere, is they see miracles, okay? And, and thankfully, God still allows miracles to happen today because that changes hearts. So that's the first way. And then the second way is what? Desperation. Okay, they are broken. They are crawling. They are they're like, I have dug myself so deep down that there is no other place to look but up because I'm in a hole 50 foot deep. 
And I, only thing I can do is cry out and say, save me. So I don't know which, which one of these that this lady was. I suspect it was desperation. But perhaps she had seen some miracles too, and she believed. But, you know, this is true. God cannot heal you unless you first, what? Believe. Right? She, she had to, in order for that to work, like if, if she just had crawled up and touched the edge of my dress, she would have been really disappointed. Even though I'm a doctor and everything, you know, she would have been really, I would have just been another one of those doctors who could not heal her, right? But she said in her heart, I just got to take a chance on this guy. He, he's different. I believe that if I just t- not, not talk to him, not ask him to lay his hand on me, he, she didn't even address him. The Bible says she like snuck up like, and just kind of grabbed his, grabbed his coat, the tail of his gown. And he immediately felt the power go out of him and heal this lady. And he said, whoa, who just touched my coat? Okay? And then she's like, she did. You know, she thought she was in trouble. And do you remember what he said to her? Arise. Your faith has made you whole. Right? So, again, it kind of brought back to square one of what I said. You have to recognize you have a problem. Then you have to believe that he can do it. You have to know that you can't do it. No doctors can heal your bleeding disorder and that you need God. And all that he, and that's all he asks. He just asks us to recognize that we're sinners. He asks us to confess that we can't do it on our own. And just all we have to say is, help me, help me, God. I believe in you. Believe in you. And he gives us healing. He makes it that simple. Okay, so this is, the, this is the last verse that I want to talk about, and then we can just chat about other stuff. Matthew. Where's my marker? Oh, there it is. Okay. Matthew 10, verse 8. Okay, so this is Jesus. And he is sending out the 12 disciples. And this is what he says. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Because you have freely received, freely give. Okay, so this is the last part of the talk. Because it goes like this. You recognize you have a problem. Then you try to fix it yourself and you realize you can't. So you ask for help and confess your sins. Then you believe in God, and he comes and he heals you. But guess what, guys? It doesn't end there. The last part says, now, get your tails out into the world and share this news with other people, right? Heal the lepers. Heal the sick. Spread the good news. Okay? So just like when you have a really good Dr. Janie, what do you do? Do you tell your friends and family about that person? Okay, but why do you do that? 
Because you believe in that, don't you? Because you have faith, because you believe, because there's goodness coming out of it, right? You have a good feeling when, about it, right? And you, tr- you have trust, right? Okay. So, okay, so does it make sense for us to get this wonderful, amazing gift of eternal life and redemption from our terrible sin that we did and he died for and then keep our mouths shut about it? I mean, if you think about it, sometimes we are just... I mean, I I get almost mad at myself when I turn down opportunities to share about my faith. You know what? And people aren't always going to be accepting of that. I mean, sometimes I'll have a patient and I'll say, I'm going to pray for you. And they look at me like, oh, she's religious. (sighs) You know, but you know what? Rarely, rarely, because even if they're not a religious person, maybe they have no relationship with God. It feels pretty good when someone says they're praying for you, doesn't it? You're like, well, can't lose, right? Maybe they're good with the big guy upstairs and they can do something on my behalf, right? So, you know what? Even if that person seems kind of resistant, you know, you can just plant those seeds. Hey, we're going to have a cookout at the church and they're going to bounce houses for kids. Why don't you come on down? I mean, we're not going to have any preaching or singing. It's just going to be hot dogs and bounce houses. You should come. No pressure. Or, hey, we're on vacation to Bible school next week. If you need three hours to yourself, Mom, I can get that for you. Three hours at church. No free babysitting, okay? I mean, it may be the way you approach it. And it may just be you see that person, and maybe they're sitting in church, and they have a tear coming down their face, and you know they're hurting. All you have to do, you don't have to get all up in their business. Do you have to be up in someone's business to be able to pray for them? No. No. You can just walk by, put your hand on their shoulder, and say, I'm praying for you. That's it. And then just, and then what? Do it. Don't say, oh, I hate that. Don't you hate those people? I'm going to pray for you. And you know they're not. Don't be one of those people. Don't just be a sayer, be a doer. Pray for those people. You know, I, I was um, a week ago, I don't know, it's like that Monday. You remember when the weather kind of cooled down that night? So I was like, it cooled down, I'm going to take a walk. So I grabbed my dog and I'm walking. And I'm thinking about some of these people that I saw that day in my clinic, okay? And I'm going to confess to you guys, I was, I was not thinking thoughts that I should have been thinking. I was thinking like, Oh, my God, that girl is so drama. Oh, she just goes on and on. And, Lord, why do you make me listen to her? Because she is so messed up in the head. And she is never going to turn out right. And I don't see how I have to deal with that because I can't help her, God. And you know what? That's what I was thinking. And guess what? God said, instead of complaining, why don't you pray for her? And I was like, Oh, you did not just do that, did you? He totally called me out, right? He totally called me out because I'm just kind of yapping in my brain about how hard my life is and how I had to listen to somebody talk on and on. So I got to thinking about that, and I started. I always listen to my Christian music when I'm walking, okay? Cause that's, and so if you all ever see me walking and I'm doing this while I'm walking, you all know I'm just having a little moment. I need a little moment, you know. And I always say people laugh at me when they see me walking. Because I don't, I may have my eyes closed. I don't know there's a car driving by, right? Okay, so I was just having a moment. And, and I said, okay, God, 
And I just started thinking about all the people that I had seen recently in my clinic who needed help. And I said, I'm just going to pray for them, and I'm going to quit bellyaching. Quit bellyaching, I'm just going to pray for them. So then I was so, like, it's not, I don't, I don't feel like I get a lot of those big messages from God. I don't know if you guys do. Some people feel like God speaks to them a lot. I don't get that very often, but when I do, I'm always like, wow, that was from God. I should listen, okay? So when I got home, I was so overcome by this sort of um, thing that God had put on my heart that I went home, and I got on Facebook, and I wrote, what if every time I wanted to complain or judge someone, I prayed blessings over their life instead. And that's what I wrote. Guys, I had like 98 likes and like 30 comments. Okay, you know why? Because we're selfish. And we do not want to share the healing, do we? And we need to. Because that was a moment when God spoke to me and said, quit being selfish. And be a healer. And it had nothing to do with medicine or tests or anything. It had to do with Amy being that other person to that person who just prayed for them. Because I can't fix a lot of what comes into my clinic. Those people have problems that are not fixable with medicine. Yeah, in 10 minutes. No, they don't. But one thing that... I can do is I can pray. Okay? And then let the big guy upstairs who is the great physician, he can fix them. Right? Now I'm going to talk about one thing real quick, and I'm going to talk about when God doesn't heal. Okay? So I just recently had, had to deal with this. I'm a physician, and I see a lot of death. Okay? I see a lot of death. And it's never easy. Okay? And I get real attached, Danny will tell you. I get way all up into my patient's business, okay? And um, sometimes I am a physician to my friends, okay? Now, this is a really hard line sometimes. And recently, a very close friend of mine who her, child, her, her son and my son were like really good friends and went to church together and I mean, she was a really good friend, one of my very close friends. I guess I've never really lost a close friend before, okay? But she had cancer, and I was her doctor. And, I, and of course, I'm not a cancer healer. I'm a family doctor, okay? So I had to send her on to the appropriate um, specialist, and she got all the treatments. She got surgery, and she got chemo, and she got radiation, okay? But she didn't get better, guys. She did for a little while. But then it came back. And when it came back, it came back bad. My friend was only 56 years old. Okay? And her son was only 14. So I was praying for her. And I was crying out to God. And I was saying, Lord, I want you to heal Melissa. And guess what? He did not grant that request. And I was really upset. I was over the top, guys, because I'm like, you're the great physician. And this lady was a woman of God, y'all. I mean, you should have seen her Bible. She had writing. There wasn't a square inch on this Bible that wasn't underlined or written in a corner. 
every little margin all over the front. Every time she thought about one of her kids, she'd pick out a verse and she'd write a prayer for him. I mean, she got up every morning and dropped to her knees and prayed for her family and her friends. I always felt like she was like a spiritual mom to me, even though we were just a little bit of in apart in age. But she, I just felt like she was one of those, like, she's my go-to lady. When I need somebody to pray for me or I need some spiritual counseling or I need some, I'm battling this big, terrible thing in my life, um, I mean, she was there. And I knew she had, she had faith and she also had the words of wisdom because she had studied that Bible, right? And now she's gone. Okay. And I was upset because I didn't understand why God didn't heal. God heals, right? We, we, t- we preach it. We tell everyone God heals. So what do you do when God doesn't heal? So I was really battling this, and I went to her funeral. And let me tell you that God answered me because I cried out to him, and I was angry, and I said, I don't understand why you let her go because she was a woman of God, and she was doing work in your kingdom right here on the earth, and she was doing her job, and you had no business taking her to heaven when she was here ministering to people and doing what you asked her to do. So why did you take her? Why did you take her from her husband and her son and all of her friends and all of us who loved her when she was doing what you asked? And then they had, so they had a funeral celebration of her life. And let me just tell you, that preacher... He spoke the word, and he told people about how to come to the Lord, and he gave an invitation that day, okay? And I watched all those people in that funeral service, and I saw people crying, and I saw people opening their heart, and I saw people hearing. And I saw a co-worker of mine, another doctor that I know in, the, in this town, who I know doesn't know Jesus, and I know who's had multiple moral failures, and really Satan has a stronghold in his life, okay? And I saw that man, who I would have never guessed in one million years, break down and cry and pray that day. I could see it happening. And I sat there and I said, okay, Because even if it just takes one person's life to bring another person's life to come to know Jesus, I believe, you guys, that that day, I know without a shadow of doubt that God spoke to that guy and probably quite a few others that day. Because of her testimony in her life, God did not heal her. So we could have a funeral where the gospel could be shared And perhaps others could come to know Christ. So he's not always going to heal. And he gave it. It it was kind of nice because at least I got the answer. That I I sat there and I go, okay. It was like he gave me the answer. When I saw that happening, I realized this is the reason. This is the reason. Because people are going to come to know God today because of her life. So just a reminder, when, when, when God doesn't heal... There may be a greater purpose. And guys, we're not always going to, like, I had closure that day, thankfully, because I saw what was going on in that service. And I knew that God was speaking. And guess what else happened that day? I was challenged. I mean, I was challenged in a way like, I need to get my act together. I need to be a stronger Christian. I, I looked at her Bible and I was like, I went home, I looked at my Bible. And I'm like, Okay, I need to be in my Bible. 
Now, I also think that's why God told me I couldn't speak about breast cancer and hormones and all that, too, because he was saying, you need to get into the Bible, and I'm going to tell you what to say if you'll just open up your ears and read. And you know what? It's always amazing because, you know, sometimes the Bible is kind of hard to read. Like, do you ever get, are you ever reading in the Bible and you're like, what is this? What is this? But it's amazing when you're looking because, see, I knew I had, I had to talk about some stuff here. So I was looking, right? I was looking. I was searching because I had to come up with some good stuff. I mean, I was like, God, you better put it in there. You better help me understand it, right? So, so I, again, that's why, another reason why I think God didn't let me speak about something I already knew about or didn't have to do any research over because he wanted me to get into that word, okay? So, you know, again, guys, um, just, just a reminder that um, he, is the great, he is the great physician. And I, I believe that he uses the art of medicine to teach us a lot about how he deals with us, huh? Boy, did I learn something about that when I got, that's, I was like, wow. There's a lot of parallels here between what I do and what he does, okay? And um, anyway, so that's, I think that's about all I had to say. I think I've kind of covered all, all I know about healing. Um, so if you guys have any questions about any subjects that I might be able to help you with, I'm a, I am a family physician. I am board certified in family medicine. I um, have special interest in dermatology and cosmetic services. I like to teach abstinence education to teenagers. And um, I like women's health. So those are kind of my uh, passions. Since I have two boys, seven and ten, my oldest has autism. So um, I also am fairly passionate about that. Very, very happy to ask any answering questions, obviously, about that. And, um, and I'm just a normal person um, who, who myself have had, um, I always thought I lived a really blessed life. And then uh, about five years ago, God shook me up real bad and, um, and uh, changed my world. And my husband walked out. And, um, but he healed me, guys. I always say that. I'm like a vase that somebody smashed on the floor and then they took some super glue and put me back together because I'm, I'm a whole person again, but I got a few cracks and I'm never going to be quite the person I was, but you know what? Praise God for that, right? Because when people look at me, they can see, hey, she's a person who's weathered the storms and God can heal, Right? So, um, but I am remarried, and I have a wonderful husband who is a great father to my two boys as well, and they're at T-ball right now, and I'm, so I was kind of thankful that um, I didn't have to sit in the 107-degree heat and watch T-ball. My husband did that for me, <laughs> and I got to sit in the air-conditioned church, so... St. Janie was there. It was bad in the game, guys, okay, because I really didn't take any work off. You know, I, I'd come to work, and, you know, and the, it's Glen Rose, so everybody knows what's going on, right? So they walk in, and I walk in the door, and I, I just pulled myself together from the last patient, right? I walk in the door, and they got those eyes, and they're going, how are you? Well, that's all it took. Then I'm like, no, okay. 
<laughs> for weeks and weeks and weeks, okay? So, yes, God does heal us, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I, my patients would know way too much. Like I said, I'm all up in their business. They're all up in mine. That's how we work at my clinic. 